welcome to Criminal Sentencing Law, a series of podcasts which examine sentencing law and practice in New South Wales. In this podcast, we examine the revised sentencing option of intensive correction orders and note further changes to sentencing options that are expected to commence in October 2018. This podcast is part of a two-part series on changes to sentencing options in New South Wales and should be listened to in combination with the previous podcast, which examined conditional release orders and community correction orders. The sentencing reforms introduced by the Crime Sentencing Procedure Amendment, Sentencing Options Act 2017, make substantial changes to sentences of imprisonment, which can be handed down as an alternative to full-time custody, namely home detention orders, suspended sentences, and intensive correction orders. The reforms will abolish the alternatives of suspended sentences and home detention orders. Therefore, intensive correction orders, or ICOs, will be the only non-custodial option that can be imposed as an alternative to full-time imprisonment, when a court determines that no option other than imprisonment is suitable for the offender. The reforms also restrict the categories of offenders for which an intensive correction order may be imposed. When the reforms commence, existing home detention orders and ICOs will be converted to new ICOs and be taken to be made under the proposed Section 7 of the Crime Sentencing Procedure Act. However, the repeal of the power to make suspended sentences under Section 12 will not affect the continuity of the operation of the suspended sentence order. To see how existing orders will be affected, regard should be had to the new sections 71 to 76 of the Crime Sentencing Procedure Act. So why were ICOs amended and suspended sentences and home detention removed as sentencing options? The New South Wales Government stated that there were a number of problems with suspended prison sentences. A 2014 study of suspended sentences by the New South Wales Bureau of Crime Statistics and Research concluded that the early reintroduction of suspended sentences in New South Wales had increased rather than reduced the prison population. The New South Wales Law Reform Commission report on sentencing also noted that suspended sentences are a conceptually and practically flawed sentencing option that can be both too lenient if the bond is not breached and too severe if the bond is breached. The government has also argued that home detention orders have structural issues that stop many offenders with complex needs from accessing these orders and, instead, they are given short prison terms or suspended sentences. In addition, the New South Wales Law Reform Commission has stated that, in their view, the current intensive correction orders are currently underused and not targeted to those offenders who might benefit most. For these sentences to be effective, the courts and the community must have confidence that they are serious sentences that can provide interventions that make a difference to an offender's level of re-offending. Intensive corrections orders were introduced in October 2010 to replace periodic detention. In a nutshell, they are alternative sentences that are available when a court imposes up to two years imprisonment. Intensive correction orders are served by intensive supervision in the community and include conditions that can relate to a number of things, including supervision, participation in rehabilitation programs, and community service work. Corrective services supervises the orders, and serious breaches are referred to the State Parole Authority, 
rather than to the courts. If an order is breached, the State Parole Authority can revoke it, resulting in the offender serving the remainder of the sentence in full-time custody, unless the State Parole Authority reinstates the order. Following amendments to intensive correction orders, the power to make intensive correction orders will continue to be located in Section 7 of the Crime Sentencing Procedure Act. An intensive correction order cannot be made in respect of offenders under 18 years of age. The three-step process that a court must undertake to impose a full-time sentence of imprisonment on an intensive correction order should also remain the same, namely, the preliminary question to be asked and answered is whether there are any alternatives to the imposition of a term of imprisonment. Section 5 of the Crime Sentencing Procedure Act prohibits a court from imposing a sentence of imprisonment unless the court is satisfied, having considered all possible alternatives, that no other penalty other than imprisonment is appropriate. Having determined that there is no other penalty appropriate other than a sentence of imprisonment, the court is next to determine what the term of that sentence should be. Finally, once a term of sentence has been determined, the court is then to consider whether any alternative to full-time imprisonment is available in respect of that term and whether any available alternative should be utilised. At the moment, there are three alternatives to full-time custody. Firstly, a home detention order can be given if the total sentence is under 18 months, or a suspended sentence can be given if the total sentence is under two years. And finally, an intensive correction order can be given if the total sentence is under two years. However, under the new changes, an intensive correction order is the only available non-custodial imprisonment option that can be imposed. A court must have regard to a community corrections assessment report when determining whether or not to order an ICO. However, the court is not bound by the recommendations of the report. The sentencing court must not impose a home detention condition or community service work on an intensive correction order unless an assessment report states that the offender is suitable to be the subject of such a condition. Community safety must be the paramount consideration when the sentencing court is deciding whether to make an intensive correction order in relation to an offender under the proposed Section 66. A court must also consider the purposes of sentencing. The New South Wales Government has said that community safety is not just about incarceration and that imprisonment under two years is commonly not effective at bringing about medium to long-term behaviour change that reduces re-offending. Evidence shows that the community's supervision and programs are far more effective at this. The government has stated that this is why proposed Section 66 requires the sentencing court to assess whether imposing an intensive correction order or serving the sentence by way of full-time detention is more likely to address the offender's risk of re-offending. Under proposed Section 68, an intensive correction order must not be made in respect of a single offence if the duration of the term of imprisonment imposed for the offence exceeds two years. An intensive correction order may be made in respect of an aggregate sentence of imprisonment. However, the order must not be made if the duration of the term of the aggregate sentence exceeds three years. Another thing to note is that a court is not permitted to reduce the length of the sentence that would otherwise be appropriate to two years or less in order to permit an ICO to be imposed. The court also cannot increase the length of the ICO 
to greater than the length of the sentence determined when setting the sentence of imprisonment. If the court makes an intensive correction order, directing that a sentence of imprisonment be served by way of intensive correction in the community, the court is not to set a non-parole period for the sentence. The next issue that we will address is which offences ICOs are available for. When the amendments commence, intensive correction orders will be available for offenders sentenced to up to two years imprisonment except for the following offences. Murder, manslaughter, sexual assault, child sexual offences, offences involving the discharge of a firearm, terrorism offences, and breaches of serious crime prevention orders and public safety orders. In addition, a court must not impose an intensive correction order for a domestic violence offence unless satisfied that it will adequately protect the victim or any likely co-resident of the offender. The next issue that we will address is the conditions that may be attached to ICOs. The sentencing court must impose standard conditions on an intensive correction order, which are firstly, a condition that the offender must not commit any offence, and secondly, a condition that the offender must submit to supervision by a community correction officer. In addition to the standard conditions, the sentencing court must, at the time of sentence, impose at least one additional condition, unless the court is satisfied that there are exceptional circumstances. The additional conditions that are available to be imposed are a home detention condition, an electronic monitoring condition, a curfew condition imposing a specified curfew, a community service work condition requiring the performance of community service work for a specified number of hours, not exceeding 750 hours or the number of hours prescribed by the regulations in respect of the class of offences to which the relevant offence belongs, whichever is the smaller number, a rehabilitation or treatment condition requiring the offender to participate in a rehabilitation program or to receive treatment, an abstention condition requiring abstention from alcohol or drugs or both, a non-association condition prohibiting association with particular persons, and finally, a place restriction condition prohibiting the frequenting of or visits to a particular place or area. The sentencing court may, at the time of sentence, impose further conditions on an intensive correction order that are not inconsistent with the standard or additional conditions. The final issue we'll address today is how conditions of an intensive correction order may be varied or revoked. The procedures governing variation and revocation of ICOs are set out in the proposed amendments to the Crimes Administration of Sentences Act. Conditions attached to an ICO may be imposed, varied or revoked by the Parole Authority in accordance with that Act on the application of a Community Corrections Officer or the Offender. Proposed Section 163 also gives certain powers to Community Corrections Officers and the Parole Authority to take actions where they are satisfied that an offender has failed to comply with their obligations under an intensive correction order, including the power to impose a curfew on the offender of up to 12 hours in any 24-hour period. In addition, a parole authority has the power to vary or revoke any conditions of the intensive correction order, including conditions imposed by the sentencing court, and may make an order revoking the intensive correction order. So that concludes this podcast, which provided an overview of the revised intensive correction orders, which are expected to commence operation in October 2018. 
please subscribe to the Criminal Sentencing Law podcast series. In the next few podcasts, we will be examining certain aggravating and mitigating factors and how they are taken into account in sentencing. We will also look at what to include in oral submissions on sentence. (music) 